0: All right. I think we're good to go. Okay. Jess, Jackson, how are you doing? No, it is Jackson now, but I knew you as Abbott. So welcome to the podcast.
1: That's right. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, this is cool. It's a little little bit of a catch up. So for those that yeah. don't know, we're, we've been teammates in the past. We were certainly teammates uh, for one of the biggest meets of our lives, the 2002 Commonwealth Games where you, you got a medal in what, the 400 yeah. I am? Is that right?
1: Yeah, the 400 IM. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, teammates in the early 2000s. So it's, mm-hmm. it's our 20-year anniversary, I think, of uh, our first team together.
0: Oh, she, that's right. Yeah, Here we go. Huge, oh, well, yeah. well, drink, yeah. We should have a drink. We should have a celebration. It's We've yeah, <laughs> got
1: a drink bottle. Cheers, the old
0: drink bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I was just drinking tea, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, tea's appropriate. You know, That's a, it it's is, a holiday yeah. in Australia right now it's- for the Queen, right?
1: It is, absolutely, yeah. It's our national day of mourning today for um, Queen Elizabeth um II's passing. So, yeah. So, yeah, big day for the Commonwealth here in Australia, actually.
0: Speaking of that, the Commonwealths were in Manchester at that time. Did you have have any run-ins with the Queen at that point?
1: No, I actually didn't. So I must have been missing from the dining room that day. I saw you post a photo recently. I think it was Mm -hmm. on Twitter or uh, Instagram of the Queen in the dining hall and i'm like where was i i missed that how cool you
0: know what the funny thing is that that wasn't that wasn't 2002 that was actually oh wow that was actually london olympics that's where that's where that was yeah was it wow it looked nearly
1: identical Um, the layout so yeah there we go no um well we did see her at the closing ceremony that's that's probably the closest we got but um yeah it was a big year for the queen that year because it was her um golden jubilee i think Mm, or diamond yeah it was her 50 years on the throne so yeah manchester um big year for yeah big year for me big year for yeah come on. i have a
0: lot of uh international people that listen mostly american so just for the american sake the people that are listening like what kind of you know relationship do we have did we have with the queen and what kind of impact is it having down there in australia
1: yeah well i guess um you know australia we we're part of the commonwealth so mm-hmm. the queen is um was technically our head of or technically i mean the queen was our head of state so that's mm-hmm. passed to king charles um the third now mm-hmm. um you know we do have um we don't have a president like you do in america but we do have you know our our parliament with a prime minister but um yeah at, at the very head um, is um yeah the monarch so um yeah uh it's yeah it's being um you know it's a national day of mourning a public holiday for her passing today um the funeral was uh just a couple of days ago so um yeah it's it's had a big impact here um,
0: she's definitely revered right down there like she's yeah. i mean she was loved i'm, I'm not saying absolutely. equally as as she was in england yeah. but very close right
1: yeah yeah absolutely um i mean she's just been a constant um on the throne for 70 mm.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Mm.
1: <clears throat> a bit of a cough from um my little toddlers giving me daycare plague. Mm, um <laughs> yeah it's, it's been rough um yeah no it's been on the phone for seven years so she's just been a constant here in australia so yeah a lot of people are um have been really quite um emotional about it it's um certainly been all over the news and um yeah so yeah. It's been a big well, event cool. here yeah
0: well, listen, I wanted to chat with you uh, for a couple of reasons I mean you had you had your own career swimming for Australia and uh, we can we can chat about that as well and and then you know you, you're very active on Twitter like I see you on Twitter and then you're also very active on my podcast like you listen to my podcast and you give me really good feedback and so like Hi. I want to just ask you like what's the attraction for you like now that swimming's kind of gone out of your life does this give you some yeah. connection to it still?
1: Yeah, you know, um I absolutely I'm such a fan of the podcast. Um for Definitely. anyone who listens, I absolutely love it. Um so thank you so much for what you bring to the swimming community, Brett. Um I just think it's amazing. Um the things I love uh with your podcast, um it absolutely does give me a connection back to swimming. So mm. I um you know, I have been out of swimming now for you know, like such a long time, like 18 years or something like that. It's been yeah. a really really long time. Um, but i just i'm absolutely fascinated i feel like it gives me a connection to what's going on in in current um world swimming so Mm -hmm. hearing you know the most recent athletes and, and everything that they're doing but also that connection to the past so when you have on athletes from you know previous generations it's, yeah. it's super fascinating and i think one thing for me is it's um you know since your podcast has come out i've actually been on maternity um leave for a lot of that time so mm. i'll be there walking the streets with my kids mm. and, and have the podcast in listening to it and <laughs> it really does bring back um, mm. um a lot of memories for me um yeah. of what it was like to be an elite athlete especially in this different space of life you know in motherhood um particularly in like early parenting um you you're like a whole new person um so having that connection back to wow i I used to be part of this world um has been quite um uh important to me um and you know it's actually um listening to the podcast you know it's actually helped me process a lot of what happened in my own swimming career um yeah you know Mm which yeah which has been uh really important like particularly around um you know my performance at the world championships in 2003 um which i've held on to you know I, I didn't perform well um and i've held on to that for a really long time and you know often you know just at different various points in life i'd be thinking about you know still thinking about that and um and yeah certainly listening to the podcast actually helped me process that a little bit mm-hmm. so thank you yeah
0: who were you training with uh, back in 2002
1: 2003 yeah so 2002 i was training in sydney so i'm from sydney um like yourself um i spent most of my swimming career down there um so 2001 i moved um to the new south wales institute of sport program with alan thompson and he had a really great squad um training out at at homebush so um for those listening that's the sydney olympic games venue um so that was my training venue which um it's pretty crazy it's pretty Know, when you're training where the olympics was just the year uh, after um at yeah. that time it, it was pretty special um you know i was only 15 i think when i moved 14 15 when i moved to that program so um yeah so i trained with um alan thompson so he was yeah. um the head coach of um one of the australian head coaches he was the head of the yeah. men's team at yeah. that time um yeah we had an amazing squad and i trained with him um up until um just after the world championships in 2003 and um didn't perform well at those ones and sort of was at a bit of a crossroads and um you know was looking looking to um make the athens team the olympics in 2004 and had to make the decision at the time you know do i stay in the program or do i um look for a different coach and see if i can you know make some tweaks um uh you know to hopefully perform better um in 2004
0: so yeah yeah and so by by that stage 2004 how old were you then
1: yeah so um i turned uh i was 18 in 2004 yeah oh, okay yeah.
0: So, it, so and then and then did and, you did you finish um, after that
1: yeah yeah i did wow. um yeah i swam for a little while of 2004 but i actually was really unwell so Um, at the Athens trials, um, I, yeah, I, you know, you, you want to, you want to be performing and, um, get into the right mental space and everything like that. But certainly at the meet, I, I did have some doubts that there might've been something not quite right with my health. Um, I was trying to put it Like physically or mentally? Like physically. Yeah. Physically. So I, um, have very distinct memories of doing my heat of the 400 medley and, Mm -hmm. um, um, feeling, you know, just doing a regular heat swim, you know, should have been nice and controlled and comfortable. Um, there was no question that I I wouldn't have progressed through to the final um, right. or anything like that. So I, I didn't have to really um, expend a lot of energy. And I remember getting out of the, the heat and I was extremely dizzy. Mm. Um, and I, instead of walking straight to the swim down pool, I actually had to walk, I I, I on purpose walked into the, the change areas so that no one could see my physical reaction to my heat swim right
2: um
1: because i certainly didn't i was actually one of the first i think i was about the first seated heat or something um so i i didn't really want my competitors to actually see um that Mm -hmm. i was struggling to walk out right yeah yeah. so i completed the meet, and then i i actually did um have some tests run um Mm -hmm. and i had glandular fever at at the time um i finished third and missed selection um and unfortunately I never I wasn't really able to recover from from that I ended up um developing like a post-viral fatigue and any time mm. I tried to get back into training um I I just simply wasn't able to um so yeah so it actually persisted for a number of years um so I do oh, know wow. that, yeah for, for many years actually um so um, I've, I have recovered from that um, now, but, yeah, it, it actually went on for, for many, many years. So it wasn't something that I was even able to come back to, like, after a five-year gap from the sport or anything like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was a really difficult time. So so retiring at 18 was not part of my my um, yeah.
0: plan. Yeah, yeah. It, so You know, it, it's it interesting. Like, the the uh, glandular fever in America is, is called mono. So mo- mono, mono is the yeah. same thing that we're talking about. So um, yeah. did they put that down to anything specific how, how do you how do you catch it like for me it's almost like an overtraining symptom right is, is that what that
1: yeah right? I, yeah um i i guess yeah look i don't know too much about the transmission of it other than it's meant to be um like transmitted through saliva and things like that mm-hmm. so you got to think about being athletes we're always you know really close at the end of the pool you know yeah. there's people you know coughing and, and spluttering you know after yeah, hard efforts sure. um you know what it's yeah. like in the pool so mm-hmm. i just you know i, I don't know how i caught it um and it's, very sure, common, you know, it, it's, it's very common you know it's very common in, in
0: america you know my athletes in in yeah. college would get yeah, it you right. just have to like pull back and be like look i can't you know you got to get your rest you know so yeah, it's, definitely. It's very common.
1: yeah and i do think um you know your immune system probably likely you know really suppressed i guess a bit when you're training at that high intensity and you're just really susceptible to you know to getting things so yeah it was really unfortunate i was under a lot of stress though at the time like obviously it was a stressful time leading into olympic trials Mm. and Mm. you know that's the lead up to all your hopes and dreams right um yeah i I mean i was also i was also um uh in school um i was i was completing my hsc um right which is year 12 yeah yeah which is year 12 so um that's a pretty stressful time Mm -hmm. um just as a student anyway let alone an athlete um and i had to um i I had i had relocated away from my family so i was living interstate so it was um a lot going on so yeah it was quite it was a quite unfortunate year for me 2004 yeah Um, certainly yeah yeah, it didn't didn't end things in the sport the way um you know i was hoping to and the way things were the the trajectory that i thought that i was on um with my rise in the sport yeah
0: yeah and this is one of my criticisms of australia and look i don't have many like i I love my country i love the fact that i got to represent them at a couple of olympics uh look i got the flag back there like so it's got nothing to do with that It's, it's more of kind of the function of like there's nothing for young men and women like you that after 18 there's there's no there's no clear path to say this is how you're going to get to the next level right like this is yeah. we're going to keep you in the sport we're going to have um you know like the NCAA system in in America you know from 18 to 22 it's like hey you can study and race and compete and be part of a team and grow and learn get experience and then if you want to become a professional athlete after that you're 22 years old you've got all this yeah. experience you've got a degree behind you and, and we just don't have that in Australia. And and there's also yeah. um, this uh, feeling amongst the, you know, the establishment of, like, America's a bad thing. Don't do that. You know, like, definitely. stay away from that, right? So
1: That's what I heard growing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely heard that. I mean, um, I... Uh, you know I, I i had thought about the american college experience um, yeah you would have been perfect I,
0: at that stage
1: yeah um it you know it really just was not an option with my health at that mm-hmm. at that time i yeah. i did enroll in university um in australia right. but um I, I i couldn't compete you know i couldn't i couldn't train so but but certainly growing up that was that that was the story that was told here you know yeah. you don't go over to america um, yeah. unless you're at the end of your career
0: yeah, Unless yeah. If you want to go and Australia, have some fun and just go and yeah. you know play around for a year or two, I was like, that's not yeah. what I'm doing. I'm over here. This is serious business, man.
1: Which is so strange because it's yeah. like you look at you know you look at the history of um, the American swim team and how mm-hmm. many of them come through. Yeah. You know how many of them go to college? It's like why was that being why was yeah. that being said in Australia? I don't know.
0: Yeah, like ninety ninety eight percent of them are going through the college system and getting degrees and coming out the Absolutely. other end and then having all this experience and yeah, for sure. Yeah. So like yeah, it's it, it's it always bothers me that here. part of it. And it's not so much um to say like look, don't go to America, but it's like okay, well, what are you going to do for the for these young people who look? They might not, they may have had a bad season like you, and you're eighteen. Like now's not the time to retire. Like give you yeah. give you twelve months to be able to come back and have some. Um, you know, something around you to say, hey, we're going to keep you in this sport or to say, hey, you know, maybe you are at the end of this, but here's a way, here's a path into this or into that, like some support around the next phase of your life as well. To me, it was like, okay, uh, good luck. You know, either you make it or you don't. uh, And if you decide to go to America, we'll cut you off. So there there was a lot of negativity and there was a lot of, um, you know, just uh, feeling, feeling lost around the age of 18 until I finally cracked onto the Australian team. So yeah, it, it, it still hasn't fully been answered for me. I'm, I'm, I'm mm. still, you know, but anyway, so where did you end up going to college?
1: Yeah. So I, um, in 2003, I moved up to Queensland. So I ended up making that decision to leave Sydney after the world championships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I joined the squad with Stefan Widmer. Mm-hmm. So um, we had a number of, he had a number of athletes on that 2003 world's team um Libby Trickett and Casey Flouch were were on there and um I had worked a little bit with Stefan um just at various competitions um on different Australian teams throughout Mm -hmm. sort of those early 2000s um had a chat with him and thought you know maybe I this will be a good squad for me and and certainly it was it was it was an amazing squad to join Stefan was a fantastic coach and and um you know I think had I have not had that illness like I actually was still with the illness I actually did perform you know I finished third at the trial so I was I was really close and I think had I have not um had I have not been unwell that um I was in the right program and I had every chance of um yeah of of actually improving again um so look I I I, um was finishing year 12 and yeah you know I was doing all these competitions being still in high school and, and that's a challenging thing you know you know what 2002 was like we had pan packs we had commonwealth games
2: mm, yeah.
1: um you know i had world cups i did Men nostrums um you know, i was in year 11 at school 2002 yeah, yeah year 11 at school and um year 12 actually started at the end of that year um in 2002 so it's, it's a it's a hard time to be balancing swimming um yeah. and, and academics but I was able to get into uni and i applied back home in sydney and also in brisbane and then there was a program that um in brisbane that had a double um a double degree in um, exercise physiology and nutrition and dietetics that wasn't really available in new south wales so i made the decision to stay up here and um do that university that five-year program
0: nice Um, oh wow yeah yeah Well, I've got a question for you. What's the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. So um, certainly in Australia, um, uh, you know, the definitions around them for us, and I'm I'm assuming this will be the case in other countries, but um I can talk from the Australian perspective anyway so dietitians are uh, are trained in medical nutrition therapy so right. um we're trained to work with individuals um sort of in that medical model managing their yeah their their um medically diagnosed conditions we work um a lot of our work is in hospitals that's where I work in a um in a hospital a major hospital in brisbane um oh, wow. and whereas a nutritionist is um in australia um all dietitians are nutritionists but not all nutritionists are dietitians so mm-hmm. so nutritionists may not have done the p- that part of the degree where they're focusing on um, individual medical management um right. so they might uh, you know certainly qualified to talk about healthy eating and working with groups and um you know improving people's health in general but they may not that they, they're not trained to um uh you know yeah to manage someone you know in a intensive care unit with multiple medical conditions uh yeah. where it's not just about healthy eating it's about you know perhaps um feeding people through the vein or feeding people through a tube mm. um you know different yeah um so more medical is um is how uh, it is for dietitians so
0: when you when you say medical and, and the fact that you work in a hospital, I'm I'm th- I'm thinking a range of different things. But tell tell me yeah. exactly what that means.
1: Yeah, so um, I work in a hospital, um, and uh, basically my job is to uh, work with a range of professionals. So work with medical teams and different allied health professionals to individually manage a patient during that hospital mission, um, and you know put them on a path. know to support them when they leave hospital as well Um, so a bit of a mix of inpatient and outpatient care i mostly do um, inpatient management uh, working on a medical ward Um, yeah and and that can be very varied it can be helping people eat better um, you know putting them on a specialized diet while they're in hospital to increase their energy and protein Mm. intake or it can be um, uh, you know working with people that their kidneys aren't working for example so we've got to modify the minerals that they're they're taking so their kidneys aren't mm. processing those as much so it might be you know modifying their their potassium intake or modifying oh, their wow. salt intake to ease the kidneys or it could be that the person's just not able to eat at all and we need to feed them through a vein um or feed them through a tube and my role would be um making sure that they're getting the right prescription for for what goes through those devices to help mm. feed them if they're not able to eat or swallow um wow. i'm about to start a new role so um uh, my role is actually um, i'm a senior dietitian and clinical educator so i look look after um, the undergraduate students that are um, becoming um, dietitians and they go through their university placements in hospitals to gain that experience before they're signed off as competent so mm. i'll be supporting the dietitians that um, help supervise them and making sure you know everyone is being assessed appropriately and yeah things like that
0: wow wow Uh, that's interesting you probably you you went in different directions than i even thought but i was thinking more along the lines of like um you know people with eating disorders you know like that that kind of oh yeah
1: yeah actually that's interesting um that is that is part of uh what we sometimes do in hospital um uh, a little bit of that Um, not a whole lot in the role that i'm in but certainly some of my colleagues do um but yeah i think a lot of people think of dietitians and they think that we're probably mainly involved in weight management right Um, yeah 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 and 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 that's not really an area that i um do practice Mm. in at all it's yeah it's it's um yeah so it's quite it's quite a varied varied role and and often a lot different to what yeah people think
0: so you Um, get to determine what people what what kind of drip they get as well like what kind of liquid fluid they get
1: yeah 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 yeah, that's interesting so that's that's part of area that i really enjoy that sort of side of um of helping people um yeah yeah so it's, it's an interesting job and and look i really became interested in this because you know we had access to some pretty amazing dietitians um through the australian team and right um i was quite interested in nutrition and, and would pick their brains um mm, and right. I, I still remember being at um i think it was at the world champs in 2003 uh, louise burke was the team dietitian, yeah. and i yeah i sort of came up to her one day at the pool and I said well what are you doing what are you working on and she said oh I'm writing a textbook and I was like wow okay Mm. what 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 are you writing about and she said oh well you know writing about sports nutrition and all of that and I originally thought okay that's the job I want I want Louise Burke's job I want to be the sports dietitian for the swim team and i want to go away and travel with everyone mm. and, and, and all of that and <laughs> um and so yeah she was one of um one of the reasons i was was very interested in in nutrition and um oh. dietetics and and i did work in sports for a little while um, okay. i i did do my um sports dietetics accreditation but i actually found that i preferred um the clinical hospital work a little bit more than
2: well okay so the
1: sports side of things so I, I don't practice in sports anymore at all um wow that's yeah. interesting that, that yeah is, that it's very interesting as well because i i thought you know i was originally thinking that 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 is what i wanted to do i wanted to stay working in sports but um no i've gone a different pathway so yeah
0: we individualize training in the pool so why not individualize your nutrition erica Biney of Biney wellness building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available, so go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. Swim Angelfish. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities anxiety sensory and motor conditions and more learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with swim angelfish apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50 percent off your certification go to SwimAngelfish.com today to apply now in terms of your health issues a lot a lot of that was probably um, nutritional right like i'm sure with with the 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 health issue that you had with the the mono with the um mm. uh what do you call glandular fever right like yeah. there, there's nutritional things that you could absolutely do that would reignite you know your energy and things like that and i so, said so looking back now do you wish you, you knew back then what you know now
1: yeah i i think i do even just from a sporting perspective you know i often um sat during university um particularly in my exercise physiology degree and i'd hear about different training um uh, i'd hear about yeah i'd hear all about um yeah you know different energy systems and different uh you know recommend training recommendations and i'd often sit there and think okay <laughs> maybe if i didn't do this yeah, yeah. maybe if i did that wow where would i where have i would i have gotten to um yeah, so it is yeah. really interesting um mm-hmm. you know i was always as a, as an athlete i always wanted to know why we did certain things and sometimes right. um you know i did i had amazing coaches and I, I certainly wouldn't have got to the level i did had i have not had those coaches um but sometimes your mind just goes would mm. I have got to the next level if I did, yeah, you know, yeah. something differently? And and I think that's one of the most exciting things now about, um, you know, when I listen to some of your interviews, there has been such a change in training and techniques and recovery. Mm. Um, and I think I was probably in that old school era where things are probably done quite differently now. Um, yeah. And I was really going through university learning about, um, you know, the importance of recovery, and I thought, you know. <laughs> i didn't really do any recovery did i
0: yeah look (laughs) i I honestly think in swimming (laughs) (laughs) there's been a major shift in that area right in the last 15 20 years in terms of the the importance of recovery and we see all sorts of different types of recovery tools these days you know and um Mm. and and in fads and things that are coming in and out and what people are trying but we we do understand that recovery is a huge component and i think that's why swimming has continued to progress and even beyond the suits so. right we go through this area where they have these incredible yeah. suits and everybody swims really fast in them they take them away and then for a couple of years psychologically it was difficult but now people have adjusted to the point of like we're swimming faster obviously uh, popovich just broke the world record you know as a 17 year old so we're, we're swimming faster yeah. now based on these these new ways of training, use way, new ways of thinking and even though you're not in kind of the sports nutrition phase that that has yeah. been a major shift as well i'd imagine
1: yeah i i um i'm certainly not up to date i um i stopped early practicing in sports nutrition probably yeah. about eight years ago but mm-hmm. i i can only imagine the yeah. um, the further shifts because these are you know things like sports psychology things like you mm-hmm. know sports nutrition these are the things that do give you those you know those that do help with those extra hundredths of a second and you know when you're yeah. talking about someone like you know David Popovich who I am just in awe of by the way um Mm -hmm. I just I think he's just absolutely incredible what he's doing um it's so exciting I'm (laughs) I'm such a fan I'm absolutely (laughs) me too um yeah I know and and I've been a fan ever since that short 10-minute interview you did with him yeah um after his World Juniors I'm like this guy how is he I know it makes sense you see him swim and then you hear him talk and you're like okay
2: yeah it it does it matches up yeah Yeah, it matches matches up
1: up. it really does he's got it up here as well as you know as yeah everything it's um it's amazing but um yeah I can't remember where I was going with that but yeah look those little things do give you the extra hundredths of a second and, and it's so exciting seeing um, how things have have progressed um, yeah. i often imagine if i was an athlete in this day and age i think oh, training would probably look a lot different for me i probably wouldn't be doing those huge volumes i was doing i probably um you know i probably would be having a lot more focus on recovery i was certainly doing the best i could with nutrition at the time because i was so interested in yeah. it
2: yeah um,
1: there's probably a few little shifts that i could have done but I, that was one area of my um of me as an athlete that I think um I was really doing very mm-hmm. well with um, yeah
0: yeah yeah. Oh, look, honestly, 18, 18 years old, you finished swimming. I mean, m- most 18-year-olds aren't doing really well at that point in time. It, it, it takes, yeah. you know, it takes years of experience to kind of figure out those things of like, oh, yeah, I can't really get away with that or that's probably the best thing for me to eat right now, not that. And yeah, that, that takes time. There's not an 18-year-old generally on the planet that has really figured that out yet. So um, yeah. even even when they come to college, it, it took them, you know, two or three years to kind of get get used to the fact of hey you gotta you gotta recover you gotta replenish you gotta eat well and things like that yeah. so um another huge shift i guess in athletics has been kind of this mental health advocacy you know like where where you know athletes these days are are coming out and saying that they are you know dealing with certain issues and and, and a lot more stressed and and it's a little bit more uh, embraced these days than it was in the past right we, we didn't talk about it and i know that you sure. uh, a mental health advocate as well do you, do you want to kind of share any of that
1: yeah yeah i'm happy to yeah i think you're right um you know certainly in the time that i was swimming in the early 2000s i i i don't really remember anyone talking about no. uh, mental health to be honest no. and you know interestingly we did have sports psychologists around but yeah, you know, it, it wasn't really one of those things that was considered part of your core team you no. know i think if you were yeah. referred to a sports psychologist it was like oh gee there must be something really wrong with them that they you know they're, they're almost needing that whereas i look back at that and i just think you know i, I think right why wasn't i why wasn't i thinking about what it was going to be like in the marshalling area at the world championships yeah why, yeah why 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 wasn't i doing why wasn't i preparing for that i, I spent so much yeah. time with the physical preparation and then You know why wasn't I um in those world championships? You know I I raced on day eight, I think yeah day eight. I sat there at the pool, morning and night. You know for a week prior to my event, and I I think back, I think I didn't really prepare for the how mentally draining that was going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, Um, and I I think that was a big factor of you know one of the reasons probably my taper perhaps was out as well. But you know I I think I spent a lot of mental energy being at the world championships and having to race on day eight and i know i know you were at the end of the program as well and and um that's really tough
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, and and yeah i didn't think coaches prepared us very well back then for for those sorts of things maybe they just didn't know or they did it wasn't part of the routine it was very much like let's train the the engine you know like let's get your engine as, as well primed as we can and the mental side of it wasn't part of the game plan like you said you know
1: yeah yeah so um I mean it's it's good it seems like there's been a big change in that and certainly um you know the mental health advocacy work that I do it sort of focuses on um, health professionals and and doctors so um my uh, for for listeners um I mean I am advocating in this space because of family tragedy. Mm-hmm. So my sister was also a member of the Australian swim team. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was at the 2003 World Championships with myself, um, in the open water. And she became a doctor, um, was a podiatrist first and became a doctor. And, um, unfortunately, um, ha- unfortunately passed away from suicide, um, at the age of 29. Wow. Um, and uh so it's it's been it's been a very rough five coming up for six years for my family um uh, she was you know someone that was under very significant stress like what um, many medical professionals and, and health professionals are and and that was another area where people really weren't talking about their struggles, people weren't really weren't open about the challenges that they were having. And so we've really seen um, through some of our advocacy work and, and other people that have been there supporting as well um, from from within that space, um, you know, we've, we've definitely seen some really good shifts um, in the last couple of years, still a lot more work to do, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we've, we've really helped start a conversation um, which has been really important. Um,
0: well, I appreciate you family. sharing that yeah. with, with, with me and my audience too. I know that that's difficult and I, I haven't really had open conversations about this either. So like this is kind of new territory for me to kind of like dive into, but but it, it is becoming more prevalent. Like not only in the sporting world, we're seeing athletes like Caleb Dressel leave the world championships and yeah. decide to take six months off swimming from that point in time. Like this the stress that these athletes are under, yep. first of all, right? And then just just – people in general life like obviously social media these days is is far more prevalent the phones are in our hands we're seeing certain images you know we're getting um you know things just projected at us Uh, and and kids these days my own included right like i've got 14 year old girls and i can't rip TikTok away from them you know it's like they're just addicted to this thing and so and then they're having their own um image issues you know as a 14 year old girl they see certain things on tiktok and they they think well i don't look like that or you know all sorts of different things that are going through their minds as a young person like developing and um and so these things are far more prevalent than they were in the past right
1: yeah i it it, it's it's a tough time right it is such Mm. a tough time to be a young person be a young person now i think to be any person the the 2020s of 2020s have been rough
0: (laughs) yeah yeah they have been you know
1: they've they've been a rough time in history um
0: was there signs um from your sister uh, let's say that you look back on now and think to yourself i i could have seen that back then that i did you know i didn't see it at the time
1: um yeah i I think certainly with the medical side of things um you know i i'm a health professional but i'm not i'm not a doctor um so you know I, i wasn't I, I didn't quite understand at that time that you know there was so much fear around uh, you know certainly in Australia, there was a lot of fear around you know if you weren't mentally healthy, um if there was um, you know any mental illness that that could affect your um your registration as a doctor, oh, and right, you could be yeah. reported for that. So mm. it was something that was very much everyone was very secretive about because they were mm. they were f- fearful of. Um, the repercussions of what that would mean for their future, what that would mean for yeah, yeah, for their future employment, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh,
0: you know, which yeah, really I probably probably it. most people feel that way, right? Like no, no yeah. one, yeah. no one, yeah. you know. Maybe in the past couple of years, this is where it's been more of like it's okay to talk about this and it's okay to admit yeah. this and it's and it's okay to to have it in your life, right? Like it, it but but yeah. you know four or five years ago even still it wasn't like hey this is a cool thing to talk about you know
1: yeah yeah that, that's right and, and certainly since you know a lot of people have uh, contacted us and said oh wow we wish that we knew chloe was feeling this way because you know people from within the p- profession that were friends that were saying i was feeling this way too and you know we should have been talking about it and, and right. we weren't um yeah so i i think um yeah uh, you know you, you never stop looking back when something like this happens you not a day goes by where I don't remember something or I don't mm. yeah I I don't think gee I wish you know Yeah, you, you just think about things that you wish you had have done differently or questions that you wish you had have asked um yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's an awful thing to go through
0: I imagine it is absolutely for sure, you know, and uh, like I said, I, I probably, I'm probably asking these questions now because I've got 14-year-old girls and I see the impact that some of these things are having on them. And, you know, raising kids isn't easy at the best of times, right? But uh, certainly yeah. certainly with, with young girls, there's a lot of influence that can be very negative on them in terms of their own body images and uh, and, and social, you know, uh, pressures and things like that but then but then also the the pressure like you said of being a doctor and having to live up to a certain standard as well of like hey Mm -hmm. we don't show weakness we work out we work all the time we're on call or you know like we're we go 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 right and so
1: yeah and that's right Brett like all of those things do contribute you know those you know certainly doctors and i know it's it's the same in in um you know many other countries the the brutal schedules the being expected to you know to be on all the time and i guess similarly for athletes you know i, I don't think like back in our time um or back in my time anyway um i know you mm-hmm. stunned for a number of years after and, and you know maybe there were some changes or maybe not but um you know th- there wasn't there wasn't that um I don't think people would have had six months out like Caleb Dressel. I -hmm. I just can't imagine that that happening. And I think Mm -hmm. that that should really be celebrated um, because uh, really, you know, at the time, like I think about, you know, in the time I was swimming, any time out of the sport was seen as detrimental. You know, you have, you know, we had such short breaks, you know, sometimes I look back and think, God, i remember you know having a week break or something Mm -hmm. two weeks break a year and 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 thinking like oh gosh it's going to be really hard to come back from that
2: why
1: why was i thinking that you know Um, Mm -hmm. like there was just and you look at um you know people like cody simpson i just find it so inspirational what he has done that he has really paved um, a new pathway for Mm -hmm. athletes that you can do more than just swim at this point in time in your life you can go and do something else and you can take a break and you are still talented you still have skills Mm -hmm. um you can regain fitness Mm
2: oh yeah you know it's (laughs)
1: just I, I you know I honestly believed as a young athlete um you know as a teenage athlete that this was my one and only shot you know aside from the health issue like you know that was a separate thing but I truly believe that if I had have had time out of the sport, that there was no way I could ever get back to elite performance.
2: Right. You know, like
1: even going through school and things like that, I would never have considered to, you know, perhaps slow down on the swimming front to focus, you know, for six months a year on getting through high school or getting through year 12, something like that. Um, You know, and then you're looking, you're looking now at someone like Caleb Dressel, Um, you know, I, who, who has been able to take some time out um for for whatever reason mm-hmm. um and i don't think anyone has any doubts that he's going to be able to return to peak performance
0: yeah yeah you exactly so, yeah not yeah. now everyone's like yeah, of course yeah take a break oh, yeah. it's good for you yeah
1: yeah exactly so there has been such a shift so that's amazing for yeah um people in the sport today and people wanting to you know wanting to achieve um down the track that you know you don't have to be doing everything and anything at age 13 14 15 um you know you've, you you can still um you know you can you are still developing you know yeah. you're going to yeah. be able to you, that can carry through into your 20s whereas I think at my time you know there was uh, for female athletes anyway you know that when you got to 20 that was that was getting considered a little bit on the older side you know certainly 22 mm-hmm. was getting getting um you know you were probably considered pretty old so
0: yeah 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 what about your uh work colleagues these days do they know that you're like a former australian olympic representative
1: um yeah um i i think some do um yeah it's it's an interesting one because i do have the australian um Uh, the australian tattoo on my ankle which i which I isn't covered up at work so Mm -hmm. people do see that with my swimming number and i also have my sister's swimming number on there as well um she yeah so actually when i when i retired from swimming i got the tattoo but we actually didn't have our swimming numbers at that time that was something that came a little bit later so Mm um i um i did add add the swimming number onto the tattoo so for for listeners um in Australia we have a an individual swimmer number so I'm Australian swimmer number five six four my sister was Australian swimmer five eight one and Brett what are you are you you've been from in the four? are you in the fours are you in the fives
0: listen it's a good question and i'm not going to take away from the fact that you know your number i just don't don't it's
1: on my body yeah
0: exactly i've got it somewhere (laughs) look it is is uh very cool because they give you a pin right and um they
1: give you a pin yeah and and something that
0: you're very proud of and and i have it in my box upstairs i could find it you're gonna check on your
1: number later yeah and it's it's every it's it's every swimmer who has represented australia since uh the 1986 olympics um with I think it was freddie lane is number one don't quote me on that but i think it's i might be right um yeah so i i uh got my number added on to my tattoo and i got my sister's number mm-hmm. added on as well after she that's passed nice. um yeah so i do from time to time um people uh people i work with as well as patients from time to time they they see that and they mm-hmm. know that that's something attached to sp- to sport yeah, um yeah. you know yeah sure. um and and do ask about it so yeah there's oh, a few cool. people that that know but there's a lot there's people that i work with that um you know are a bit younger as well that you know our current swimmers now i mean like your david is and that they weren't even born when the
0: swimming <laughs> no no, <laughs> it's no we're getting old there's no doubt about <laughs> yeah. it the gray yeah. in my beard reminds me of that every day but um <laughs> we're getting there yeah. um well listen it's been cool to catch up i appreciate you sharing uh you know your, your journey in swimming and then your career and then your, your personal life too thank you i appreciate that it's it's always like, I just like telling stories, you know, but everybody's got their own story. Everyone's got their own life path. Look, you you represented Australia and then we done at 18. To me, it like makes no sense. I'm like, that's that's ridiculous. I didn't make my first Australian team until I was 21 years old. So it's like, and you're done at 18. Like, come on. Like, there was so much yeah. more there. But yeah, you had your health issues. And then you went on to have, yeah. you've, you've had this amazing career and been very successful there as well. So um, what is your fondest memory of representing Australia?
1: yeah well um you know yeah my career was done really really early which is is unfortunate and something that um you know i do think about from time to time that i wish things were different but then i look back and i'm still really proud that you know i i made every major team except the olympics um you know and um, I'm, I'm very proud of of that i'm i'm such a proud member of the australian swim team that was that was absolutely amazing we got to do some brilliant trips some amazing travel um and you know the people I met were just incredible um my favorite memories though I was actually trying to think about this and um I think they were really just you know it was just it was just being in that team environment you know know, for for a young for a young athlete you know I I remember hitting the Australian team and and just thinking I cannot believe that you know there's Daniel Kowalski like he's on a poster on my wall (laughs) you know like there's Patricia Thomas there's Ian Thorpe there's Grant mm-hmm. Hackett like the the teams that are on we were at um it was such an amazing time in Australian swimming like it was broadcast yeah. every every Nationals every major meet was live on TV everyone stopped to watch it and to be part of that was you know to be a team member you know one of you know I don't know how many there would be like 18 18 women and 18 men or something like that um Mm -hmm. to be you know to be part of that it's just just incredible but i think some of my fondest memories really um you know is being being a underage girl on those trips you know my roommate was lisa jones and we were Mm -hmm. 16 together she's there's a couple of weeks difference between our our ages so you know it was kind of cool it just felt like you know two girls we were just know hanging out and you're rooming together and it's super exciting but you know just just doing little funny things like um be on a big staging camp and be like let's can we go out and get some ice cream <laughs> you know sneaking out to get to get ice cream and getting caught and getting in trouble for it and like we've written about that in her in her book um, um you know and just you know just those little things but they, they, oh, we stuck
0: awesome. out too we, did, we didn't sneak out for did ice you? cream we, we, but, we, uh, we never out. got caught either we were, but.
1: <laughs> we, we were sneaking out for ice cream and getting in trouble for having the ice cream.
0: The yeah. girls are going out for no. ice cream and getting busted. The guys are going out for something completely different and getting away with it. Come on, that's not fair. No,
1: but yeah, and and just you know, just bus trips. Like I um yeah, I remember um one time sitting on a bus and I was sitting next to Ashley Callis and my mum called and I was like, oh my god ash Callis, my mum loves you can you please say hi to her and Like, yeah okay <laughs> just just fun little stuff like that that you're like i can't yeah. believe that i'm part of this amazing mm-hmm. team and i'm learning from you know some of these incredible athletes and yeah
0: well that's know, the thing i was going to say to you is like yeah you might have regrets that you finished at 18 but listen you had a career you had you were part of yeah. teams like you traveled the world you were you know, to say you're on a team with Ian Thorpe, I still brag about that. You know, it's like cool. And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, to even have a career is is outstanding to get to to get to that point where you represent Australia, your sister represents Australia. It's like, man, that that's incredible. I, I've got kids of my own. I think to myself, wow, I, I it'd be so cool if one of my kids represented their country, right? Like, so to to get yeah. there is, is is very special.
1: It was a pretty cool experience as a 16 year old. I yeah. mean, you know you were a lot older than me you? you're a bit older than me yeah right? but, i am but, but i'm you know, 47 i, do I
0: don't that. mind telling people i'm 47 yeah, no it. i
1: do think about that at times you know i you were on trip, trips with you know some 16 uh, year old me that you know we were obviously in such different life spaces you mm-hmm. know we're, we're coming together mm-hmm. on the same team but you know that just must have been a bit strange as well from you know being honestly an adult it's a reason the reason why yeah
0: kids it's the reason I why i stopped you
1: about it in the podcast which is why i mention it um yeah
0: it's that, the reason why i stopped you know, i got to a point where i'm like yeah. uh, i'm 31 and i'm going on uh, i'm traveling the world with a 16 year old girl like yeah this isn't it's not cool anymore i like, guess yeah so, yeah. You know. mm-hmm. yeah
1: it's it's it's, it's yeah i i get it i get it um yeah, yeah it but it's good no, it, like, it's a, well. it's a part of your life
0: is so that is is fun yeah. isn't it like it's such an experience yeah. to be to have those memories to travel the world and swim is, is just incredible yeah, yeah. So, so cool, cool. Yeah. yeah so fortunate yeah
1: well jess i appreciate yeah.
0: this thanks for catching up it's been it's been oh, awesome so um i love you love Thank you on twitter you. where can people find you on twitter
1: yeah people can find me on twitter um think of what my twitter handle is let me have a look i think it is let me just find
0: it. It's not private, um, is it?
1: I should no, it's not private. So. Um it's not private. I should know this. It is okay, it is at Jess Jackson underscore okay. one. Yeah. So at
2: Jess Jackson underscore Instagram. one. Mm.
1: <laughs> don't understand instagram but i um i am on twitter so yeah thank you so much brett and thank you for what you're doing for the swimming community i think it's just amazing um i absolutely love your podcast um
0: well no i appreciate it i'm doing it for listener. selfish yeah. reasons i just like talking swimming so it's very selfish but um, very good. well but thank you yeah. yeah all right jess thanks, thanks, so thanks a lot all uh, right hang on. Um, i'm gonna hang up here but you hang on for a sec all right
1: oh okay yeah
0: destro swim towers Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout. Destromachines.com. Vasa has been the go-to training tool outside of the pool for over 30 years. Vasa's products are ideal for developing power and proper technique in your swimmer's catch. Add a few VASA trainers to your pool deck and it's like adding an extra lane to your swimming pool. Go to VASATrainer.com, use code BREAD at checkout and get 10% off anything from VASA.